This is Jake Bakke, host of Bakke's Bets, the number one gambling gambler in the world for NFL football. And you're listening to the North Side Story podcast. We are back to a new episode of North Side Story podcast. This is Blake the Cat Miller coming to you live from Mission Viejo, my tiny ass apartment. I'm joined by always Jake Bakke. Bakke, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. Looking at the standings, we have so many five and six to five and six or six and five matchups. This week is going to be one of the most important weeks, I think. We look back on it and we say, oh, these matchups meant a lot. We have a lot of teams trying to scratch up to that number six spot just to sneak into the playoffs. And we have some teams that are trying to hold on to a playoff spot, including you, I guess. I guess. Well, the way that it's been shaken out, one loss here, I don't want to get back in that pack because my points four are kind of in the middle of the pack here. So loss this week for me can kind of move me back in the pack, probably drop me from first, maybe drop me all the way back down to like fourth place if I kind of get in that conglomerate of teams that are right behind me. But I like my matchup this week. I'm feeling pretty confident. Should be a fun week. It was great Thanksgiving. Do you have a good Thanksgiving, Jake? I did. I did. Yeah. Any uh, any big bets that you hit this week on Thanksgiving? Not not on Thanksgiving, but as we're recording this on a on a Saturday, uh, I did the gritty this morning because uh, I hit uh, hit a big parlay that paid me out uh, several hundreds. So it was a nice nice uh, weekend Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, it's good to hear. I'm excited to record with you next Tuesday when uh, you tell us how much you lost yes. from reinvesting that. But I digress. We got a big week this week of fantasy football. Let's preview it. We're gonna get into Bucky's bets, Blake's underdog pick of the week as well chock full episode we got here let's get started all right we have a big matchup with the cat claws up versus the official boys official boys we are recording this on saturday right before the day or sorry right before the sunday games um so a lot of these teams have already played uh but brian is the only team that has not had anyone play yet uh blake has had two players in devin singletary and graham gano shout out graham gano he got positive points this week what do you know, Graham Cano? Mm-hmm. So what happens when I guess he plays in a dome? I need one more rhyme to finish that out. I can't, yeah, I'm blanking uh, out. Yeah, just the pressure is too much. It's um, you know. Lake is at seven and four, first place. But um, everything is just so tight in our league that last place I believe has six losses. So I mean, anything can happen in these last three weeks before the playoffs. Um, big week for Brian as he looks to try to get back on the winning side. I believe Brian has lost three or four in a row. I'm looking at the standings right now. Brian has, oh, it's not giving it to me. Oh, there we go. Has lost four in a row. So big week for Brian to try and get back on the winning side. Um, But Blake has a little 19 and a half point cushion to start out. Yeah, I have Devin Singletary that kind of hit his floor. What a a kind of bit of a bummer. That game was just uncharacteristically close throughout the whole game. Devin Singletary didn't, didn't fall in for a running uh, for a touchdown. I don't know why I keep going back to that. Well, I had other options at running back, but still I was making moves and I was making roster. I, I, I'm going to be making roster uh, changes throughout this whole throughout leading up to the Sunday. It just happens every week. Now I feel like I've turned into Stephanie's team where I have four or five guys that I can trot out there, but yeah, eight, 8.5 high yardage heavily. Uh, he was pretty involved. He was very efficient. So I'll take that out of Devin Singletary. The only thing I'd worry about him 
if I threw him out there a week and A, if he didn't score a touchdown or B, if he got that 15, 16 carries that he's been averaging the last three weeks and has just hasn't been efficient, but he's been highly efficient. So keep running them out there. And yeah, Graham Gano, he's in a dome at 11 points. Mm-hmm. But um, let's just keep diving into my team since I'm already all riled up. Kyler Murray's going to be back against the Chargers. Uh, he was out in that Mexico game. I believe it was a hammy. I'm mm-hmm. a, I am scared. Last few games has, has been a hammy. Yeah, I am scared about hammies because that can just flare up at any single time. The, you draft Kyler Murray. Um, you draft Kyler Murray for those rushing yards, those rushing touchdowns. He hasn't really been that. He hasn't really been that great of a passer. It has improved with DeAndre Hopkins coming back, but with Rondell Moore, who I believe is out. And Marquise Brown, I don't know if he's going to be active. Brown is active. He just he was activated active. about an hour okay. ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I it's hard. I don't know if I'm trusting Kyler Murray as a pure passer. Then I don't even know where I would rate him. I don't even know. Like, okay, let's just let's just throw Kyler Murray as a pure passer. Take out the rushing yards, or maybe very subtle rushing yards, maybe like 20, 30, just like little scampers. Mm-hmm. Would you rate him as a better quarterback than? I mean, not Kirk Cousins, obviously, because he dominated this thing. Are we talking about fantasy or are we talking, talking about fantasy? I'm talking fantasy, yeah, fantasy in terms of a startable quarterback. Like, um, you trust his arm more than, say, I guess, like. Like a Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, like a Trevor Lawrence. I'm trying to look at who's available on the. Um, probably not. I mean, I think it's just matchup dependent. He's not someone for me that I just feel comfortable throwing in there and getting me 20 points every single time. Um, and that's just arm, arm wise. If he is somewhat limited um, on the ground and using his legs, then I would be a little bit apprehensive and in, in that. But I will say that he practiced in full like this entire week from Tuesday on. Um, so that that to me like means that he's like really that he's good to go. There shouldn't be any issues there whatsoever. Um, but like you said, hamstring injuries can be a little. Uh, dicey and they do have a backup that they're comfortable in and Colt yeah, McCoy. Cool. Um, so yeah, we shall see if, um, if that there's any lingering issues. I do think that this game, um, is going to be majority on the ground with James Connor and them trying to really establish the run and not put Kyler into too many situations where he has to use his arm. So I don't know. I, I think for you, you don't have a really you don't have a backup, and I don't think you're going to pick someone up to to start over Kyler this week. But I, I would be kind my of only my only on shot is that it's a one o'clock game. If Raheem is confirmed out, I may drop him to the IR spot, and then I may panic because I was just looking at the free agents mm. available, and the only guy that I think that I would go with, um, considering like right now it's shaping up to be a high scoring affair between Brian and I, is the only quarterback that I'm looking to go with is Derek Carr. With um, him going against the Seahawks, against the Seahawks, and mm-hmm. I got Devonta Adams. That kind of double up the same thing that I'm going to get up against with Brian and with his Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. I can see that as another option. Mm-hmm. I my thing is that I with Kyler Murray, where I see a positive is like you said, I see it on the ground, but I do see the Chargers winning this game and kind of being ahead of this game. I don't feel like I don't feel like Arizona just really has the really has the team to kind of compete with the Chargers, given how the Chargers played last week against um, Kansas City. So I feel like they'll be behind, so I feel like they'll throw. The problem is with Kyler is that I feel like there's been so many games where he just kind of blows up and has multiple picks when he is one-dimensional and has to force force to to throw the ball. So that's a tough one for me. That's going to be a last-minute decision. I think 
once that 10 o'clock game rolls around and I know Raheem, I can move him to the IR spot. Hopefully I can get him to the IR spot before the game starts so it's not locked in on the bench. I'll pick up Derek Carr and I'll probably just coin flip it. Um, yeah, because they're both 105 games. So that mm-hmm. works out. Uh, finish off my team. I got I got, I got Burn leaving Pittman on the bench last week. I'm putting him back in there. I feel like I have to, unless it's an absolute pressing matchup, I'm rolling him out there. It's a good matchup against Pittsburgh at home. Uh, Pat Fryermuth still is probably one of the safest tight end options in all in all football besides like the top three guys or your Mark Andrews, Kelsey, and even George Kittle's back in that mix. I, I'll roll him out every week. Now, my flex spot, I picked up, I spent a little bit of fab on Joshua Palmer because Mike Williams is out, and I feel like Josh Palmer is a really good number two wide receiver. Hopefully, um, that's a decision that I'm going to make. It's either between Palmer... It's either between Palmer, Carter, or Sutton. I'm I'm leaning I'm leaning between either Michael Carter or Joshua Palmer for that flex spot. But I mean, do you want to give me any advice there? Or are you just gonna let me deal with it on my own? Um, I'll probably let you deal with it on your own. I I do think Carter has the potential to be the highest scoring um, out of the three, only because with Mike White starting on the Jets. I do feel like they're going to try and like establish the ground game, and that's going to be somewhat of a low-scoring game because uh, I don't think Justin Fields is going to play. I would, if, if I were the Bears, I would sit him a week just to let him heal. Um, so I do think they're going to be running the, the the ball a lot. And Michael Carter has had weeks that where he's kind of you know established, um, had touchdowns. Um, but you know, if you're trying for a boom play, then then I think Palmer Palmer is your guy. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch Cortland Sutton because you just haven't seen the consistency. I mean, you've seen a consistent 10 points a week, but if you're trying to rack up points, then maybe you go with the boom play. I also think that Brian Robinson has a chance this week to really have a good game. I like, I like him against Atlanta. Um, so you do have some decisions. And, and I, last thing I want to touch on your team though, is that you, your top two players uh, in Nick Chubb and Devonte Adams go up against top seven defenses and that those respective um running back defense again chubb against the bucks Devontae against the seahawks um in your opinion do you think those are just it just kind of doesn't matter when it comes to i those? feel like the way that the the pace that Devonte adams on the last three weeks i don't even care who they're playing against um they're they've made a recommitment to throwing him the ball i mean he limped into this past week um, questionable all week to barely practice, but still he had 13 targets, seven catches. I mean, mm-hmm. Seattle, the, when I've watched Seattle play this year, yeah, they've had a good defense. Their team's a lot better. I think that defense is better because that offense is like surprisingly good. I think they've always had a good defense. And at the beginning of the year, everyone was scared of that defense kind of throwing against their corners, their young corners. But they're a good team. I But still, with Devontae Adams, not worried about. And Tampa Bay and their rush defense – yeah, I mean that's obviously tr- troublesome, but I can't I can't drop uh I cannot tamper expectations for Nick Chubb. I think yeah. last week was the absolute disaster in terms of his his lack of ability to get anything on the ground. I mean, he had 14 carries, 19 yards. That is just that is not Nick Chubb. That is that is one you're going to say as an outlier. That was that uh weird game which was on the road, but it was in Detroit. But even in that game, he also had three catches, 48 yards. So mm-hmm. It's the, they're 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 gonna have to give him the ball. He still had his mm-hmm. uh, seventeen touches. So give me seventeen touches in any matchup. More often than not, he's gonna carry it to either the tune of 
high 80s high 80s uh yardage and and a touchdown and a touchdown just eluded them last week and just they had it they had a strict game plan to go after the running game so they may do that again this week but i don't see it i I just see nick chubb as a guy that all he needs is one it's almost like derrick henry light where it's like he gets touches early in the game and they're stuffing them but he's still getting like two three two three two three Mm -hmm. and then it's like middle of the second quarter out of nowhere they got a kind of a long drive uh percent uh, doesn't really push the ball downfield he doesn't like finish rides that quickly and then when it's chubb on his fourth carry of one drive and the defense is a little bit tired that's when he breaks it off for like a 30 yard and it's so as long as he keeps in the touches i'm not worried i'm not worried about the matchup all right so let's head over to brian's team um we have the mahomes and kelsey duo against the rams um as a someone that knows the rams I would imagine that you're very nervous and scared of this matchup. The only thing that I'm uh, as as a Rams fan watching the game, yeah, this game's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be a blowout. The it's spread is fifteen out. and a half. Yeah, and with Bryce Perkins uh, in there, he's been very limited, only playing preseason games. When I watch him preseason, a little bit more of a mo- mobile quarterback. They've never, even in preseason, they never really open up the playbook for him to push it deep. That's just not part of his game. I think. In a best scenario, Bryce Perkins is more of like a run option kind of guy as a quarterback where um, he's mobile with his feet, misdirections on the ground. I don't see a lot of offense going. I don't see a lot going through the air. Um, and I think that's why I on, on my team I picked up Chiefs, Chiefs defense. I paid a pr- pretty penny. I'm hoping for sacks. I'm hoping for um, not hoping for picks. I don't think a lot of picks there. I'm hoping for a lot of sacks. But where, where I hope – I, we saw it a little bit, uh, maybe a couple weeks ago, KC versus the Jags, where um, Kansas City just got off to a boat race quick. They scored like 14 points, 17 points in like the first quarter. I'm almost hoping for a game like that where they got to get ahead quickly. I get all the damage done early, and then they just run the ball the whole game. I'm, yeah, I'm scared of it. That. Yeah, I, I, I definitely can see that. I know you have Pacheco and that you would probably love that too, but – this is one of the games as through the, the scope of a fantasy uh, observant. I, that's what I want out of that matchup. Just hopefully the damage is done early. They rely on the run game. I know Kadarius Tony is out and uh, Juju is going to be coming back in. That wide receiver uh, core is still kind of in flux. I can see this maybe being a game where um, they kind of dance around Jalen Ramsey, stay away from his side. Maybe, uh, get maybe get the wide receivers kind of ramped up because we're getting towards the end of the year and that's going to be important uh just stay away from kelsey just please just stay away from him that's all it's pretty much all i want to say because we have struggled as rams as uh the rams teams in the past we've always no matter what have always struggled against tight ends um even with bobby wagner in there kind of pervading the middle he's he's really been most effective this year just tackling um and not really in coverage we've always struggled against coverage so just please, Kelsey, don't kill me. <laughs> um, let's look at the other matchups. Uh, Kamara against San Francisco, Damian Pierce against Miami. I have a feeling Damian Pierce is finally going to get in the end zone this week. Um, I don't know how many yards he's going to get, but I think one of these one of these weeks he's due for a touchdown. Uh, DK against the Raiders, um, George Pickens against the Colts on Monday night, Miles Sanders against Green Bay. Any of those matchups stand out to you? DK Metcalf, uh, he's just 
I think at the beginning of the year, he was very down downrated as guy that's on a team with a terrible quarterback. But looking at probably, I don't even know where Brian drafted him. I could probably check it out. But I mean, fifth round, I feel like in years past with like Russ, that would be, I mean, DK was probably like a top, top three rounds wide receiver mm-hmm. uh, just because of how much he commanded in that offense. And he's really just came on at a late and obviously with Geno Smith and his play. And he's just the guy on his team where, where if I'm looking at holes and, and Brian's team, it's the wide receiver, but having DK Metcalf just there and him producing, he's easy, easily go for one of those games where he commands 13 targets, 10 catches and um, has a couple scores. He, for me, I feel like in this matchup with Devontae Adams and DK Metcalf, I just got to hope and pray that DK doesn't sniff anywhere where Devontae is. That's where I feel like where I can kind of separate in this matchup with uh, Devontae Adams and Michael Pittman. Mm-hmm. Michael Pittman has been a little low, but I think in this kind of softer matchup against Pittsburgh at home Monday night, uh, and Matt Ryan's obviously is back in the fold and offense runs a little bit better. Uh, I'm going to take advantage of just the wide receiver matchups, but I just got to hope for a, a DK game to slow down. I don't know about Damian Pierce. He's a crapshoot every every week. Um, I know he's been dominant early in the year, and they've been able to run him, but I kind of stick. I'm going to stick to what I what I was well, my assumption with Damian Pierce going forward that I made last week or last uh, episode. I think the book's out on Houston on just uh, how that offense is going to run. I they believe they're back coming in. Yeah, I mean, what uh, Kyle Allen. Yeah. old uh panther grade and a redskins grade but mm-hmm. whatever it doesn't really change much to me i i still think when you when you're playing against bad teams and you have the game plan i think the 100 percent of the game plan is gonna be let's just attack that running back he's been the bread and butter all year um and hopefully they stick to it in this matchup all right so let's get our predictions in um i think it's safe to say where you are going but I'm going to take Brian this week. I think Brian needs a win. Um, and I think I do think that Mahomes-Kelsey connection this week does get uh, hits projections for both. And I, and I think for you, in order to win, they kind of need to get under those projections. So I will take Brian in this matchup. And it's funny you say that because I'm also going to take Brian on this matchup. I, oh, you're trying, I know what you're doing here. No, I, I, I I'm a thousand percent being honest here. I... I'm worried about Kyler Murray. I'm worried about where I where I would sneak points with him in normal matchups when he's healthy. I don't think I'm gonna get that in this matchup. I'm almost certain I'm I'm gonna play Derek Carr at this point. It's gonna freak mm-hmm. me out. I know I'm gonna panic with that. This just seems. I think Devin Singletary. I know it's not the worst outing in the world, eight point five, but I just feel like this is gonna be a high scoring. I, uh, you mentioned it in the last episode um, about my team's inability to beat teams that put up high points. And that is true. It is in my head. I, <laughs> I, I see my team having a pretty safe floor. I don't, I just, I, I don't know about 113 this week. I do see a same old, same old, maybe 105, a little over a hundred, maybe 110. Um, I think my biggest booms for me to win this week is going to have to be like defense Maybe they can sneak a mm. sneak a couple uh, picks. Maybe I got a hit on that flex spot with either Joshua Palmer or p- potentially Michael Carter. But too many variables with my team where I feel like with Brian, everything's kind of set in stone. You kind of know what you're going to get out of all his players. And I, I definitely, I just definitely see a world where he hits his projections more than me. So I'm going to take Fishel Boys as well. All right. So we both take Fishel Boys prediction, um, and we shall see 
coming back on Tuesday. Reverse jinx. House Targaryen versus LA Bash Bros. House Targaryen's got a little bit of a kind of a dud, a little surprising uh, from the Cowboys. Four points. Uh, she's at 14.6. She's got two players already gone. Jake has just Zeke, who had a 16-point banger. The only thing I was surprising is obviously Cowboys. I don't know. I felt like with the Giants, that Giants game, that's kind of a big spot for her defensively. I felt like she had a – before the game, she, that was a, a spot for her to take advantage of just kind of the, the Giants in general. I was waiting for Thursday, Thanksgiving, Daniel Jones to come out, kind of be sloppy, but he's been kind of consistent all year. Dallas couldn't really take advantage of any major miscues and – 20 points scored on him. Just kind of a bummer out of there. And Jamal Williams. I'm just – I'm so used to Jamal Williams having like 35 points. But uh, still had a decent game. I believe he rolled in for a touchdown because we were screaming all Thanksgiving about your uh, DeAndre Swift and how much he's just being neglected. Mm-hmm. But you had you had Zeke. And Zeke's been cooking lately. The whole Dallas running game has been cooking as of late. But uh, let's dive into your team first. We got Herbert, Harris, Zeke already went, Hopkins, McLaurin, Andrews and Isaiah Pacheco. He's, I feel like we're still waiting for his coming out game. He actually had a great game against Chargers last week. Just couldn't fall in for the touchdown, had over 100 yards. But this might be the week against the Rams, don't you think? Yeah. Well, the thing about Pacheco that is difficult because Kansas City, as we've known over the last few years with Mahomes as the quarterback, just does, they don't really hand the ball off inside the five uh, to their running back. So, Running back touchdowns come like they're at like a premium. Like they very much just don't happen that often. Um, Pacheco though does have the talent um, as a I think he was a seventh round pick, sixth round pick, um, to where I do think he can overtake that backfield. Now that uh, Clyde is out for the next four weeks, um, he can overtake that backfield and be and be a, a weapon that Mahomes can use. Um, but I do think touchdowns are going to be tough to come by. So if I can just, you know, get one of those, um, I would be be excited. So 10 points, I think, is kind of a lot because he doesn't catch the ball that much. Um, so that's basically they're assuming that either A, he's going to get 40 yards and a touchdown or he's going to run for 100 yards. So we shall see what uh, happens there. I will say that I'm, I'm very happy with how Thursday went. Uh, Jamal Williams did fumble the ball. Um, he... He basically was stuffed until like the third quarter. He had one like 30 yard run. But besides that, at some point I looked at my phone and he had like 12 carries for 30 yards. Um, you know, I was I was enjoying that. I I mean, I will say the Cowboys defense got a little um unlucky at the end there. They did get um they also got backdoored with the spread. Uh the Giants scored a last second touchdown with 10 seconds left. Um and dropped that points from six to four. Um, so yeah, four points for the Cowboys. I was very proud of myself for not starting any of the players that played on Thursday besides Zeke. I had five, four potential roster spots uh, that could have been played. I decided, you know what? We're just going to ride it out. We're going to see. I didn't like really any of these matchups, specifically the Patriots defense. Now the Patriots defense, number one in fantasy defense. I did not like the way on the road, even if it was primetime Kirk Cousins, I just, I didn't like that matchup and going up against someone like um, Kirk Cousins, who's going to throw the ball a lot. I haven't really been impressed with a lot of their corners um, against uh, like high active teams as far as throwing the ball. So 
of course I'm starting them against teams like the Jets or like Cleveland, uh, Indianapolis, when they had Sam Ellinger as the quarterback. That's like an instant start. But against good teams, like for instance, they play Buffalo next week. I'm not starting them next week. No. So um, that's why I spent a little bit on the Ravens defense. The Ravens defense has been pretty good as of late. Um, and their next three, I mean, their next, the rest of the season, they play Jacksonville, Denver, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Atlanta, Pittsburgh. So yeah. I, I, that's why I picked up the Ravens defense. Also, if anyone wants the Patriots defense, I will trade that to them um, and hopefully get another wide receiver. Like I fleece Nick for Terry McLaurin for that Broncos defense. Yikes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was proud of uh, not kind of, you know, putting someone in just to grab points on Thursday and kind of playing the matchups. I've been disappointed with DeAndre Swift and how they've used him. Um, yeah. yeah, he was so close to a touchdown, you know, but they called it back. Um, he only had five rushes. He did catch the ball four times, which was nice to see. But I mean, just give him the ball more. I, I just don't get it. I, I don't understand why Justin Jackson is even playing on that team. And even if Justin Jackson's playing well, like you have uh, DeAndre Swift there for a reason. So, um, but my matchups for the rest of the week, uh, I do like Herbert against the Cardinals. He has Keenan back. Mike Williams is still uh, is going to be out this week. But uh, as we talked about in Blake's matchup, Joshua Palmer is in. Gerald Everett is back in, um, and I do like Herbert to hit those projections. We'll see how Najee does on Monday night. I like, I always kind of like having a Monday night player go, but then I look on Steph's team, and she has Jonathan Taylor going Monday night, um, and I am nervous about that matchup. Uh, I, I would love, I would love for it to be a close game, and JT I, and Najee Harris going basically against each comes other. down to who scores a touchdown. Um, yeah, I would, I would not like that. Um, DeAndre Hopkins and Terry McLaurin. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has somewhat of a tough, tough matchup in my eyes. Um, I'm not sure how he's going to be doing against a, a, a good Chargers secondary. Uh, they're not crazy good or not shut down defense, but um, I do think um, Michael Davis will have a decent game against him. I think that will come down to DeAndre Hopkins hitting his projections if he scores a touchdown. Terry McLaurin, I really like that matchup against Atlanta. Uh, Mark Andrews. I would like to see Mark Andrews get back to what he was. Um, he's been the last, I mean, he was hurt for a couple weeks. Uh, he had a good game last week with nine and a half points, but just, he was so good in the first six weeks of the season. He was averaging essentially 15 to 20 points. And ever since he got hurt and that, uh, after that week six, he's had a point four, four point eight, missed two weeks and had nine points. So I'm really hoping for him to get back because I picked him in the second round for a reason um, because I thought he was a you know a consistent fifteen plus points a week. I'm um, somewhat why I picked Cooper Cup because I knew Cooper Cup was a, a consistent fifteen points a week. So it's going to be a good matchup, and I'm uh, and I need a win. I need a win to to kind of s- stick in the in the thick of things. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think a good start so far. Yeah, well, let's talk about Steph's team. Lamar Jackson finally is hopefully cleared of all injuries, uh, cleared uh, full participant. Should be no injury des- designation heading into Sunday. He's he- battling that hip. We talked about it. Great Monday night matchup in terms of your guys' fantasy matchup. Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris both going. We had the, the number one pick and then seventh pick by me. Jamal Williams talked about kind of a dud matchup. Uh, Jalen Waddle against Houston. I'm interested to see how that game goes. I think – you were mentioned in the last matchup, Damian Pierce maybe rolling in for a touchdown. How close will that game be? Uh, we'll talk about it with uh, whoever has just whoever has Jeff Wilson Jr. Where I think the game's going to go, but Jalen Waddle is always going to be involved. 
especially in that pass offense, you, you start him, you set it, you forget it. Mm-hmm. Christian Kirk is back. I hate looking at this guy. Christian Kirk, I just hate his name. <laughs> I hate the I hate the college that he went to. And But he's out there. He's been producing when he's been out there against Baltimore. You mentioned you picked up Baltimore's defense. Um, and he's been on fire the last two. I don't know, you can say the last four weeks. I've said mm-hmm. the dud he had in Denver. Heavily involved, averaging about 11 targets a game. You have to put him in. Um, and I know for Steph, for Steph, uh, Christian Kirk and Juju, when they were both kind of firing on all cylinders, that was, that was kind of the, her play, swapping them back and forth. And I mean, Texas A&M, uh, alumni there, obviously going with Christian Kirk this week. Juju's coming back, obviously coming off injury. So smart of her to sit her out. Big one here is Rashad White, uh, with Leonard Fournette, not slated yeah, to suit play. up next week. That's a big play. Uh, Kind of dissecting that decision, we look at her bench. She had Antonio Gibson, who's been cooking as late. I think uh, the sentiment that you had for Brian Robinson and his ability to possibly go off against Atlanta, I think the same can go for Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson has just been, I think, the better option out of the back two, which has been surprising because everyone in the fantasy world is waiting for Brian Robinson to come in and take Antonio Gibson, uh, his spot, but he is sticking around like, like a bad STD. And he's just, I know, I don't know where I was going with that, but it sounded right. (laughs) But Antonio Gibson, he's another option that I think that would probably be beneficial. The only thing I worry about the Cleveland game is that Cleveland has been decent. I know their their record doesn't say it, but they have been competitive in their their games. I I don't know if Rashad White can really... I don't know. I don't know how he is out of the backfield. I feel like Leonard Fournette, where his safest ceiling is that when they're when they're down, Leonard Fournette can go in there and catch eight, eight, nine balls. I don't know the type of uh, running back Rashad White is. I don't know if he can re- replicate that. Uh, Antonio Gibson has shown that he can run the ball when he's the only back in the backfield, and more recently, he's been able to be the pass catching guy as well. The other option Steph has Tyler Lockett against uh, Vegas. Vegas corners their defense has been pretty bad all year i don't think they're like a formidable offense the or defense but i do obviously worry with tyler lockett it is the same old same old with him it's boomer bust i feel like there was uh in this matchup it looks like it's pretty close i think if you would have i think if you would have played those guys let's just pretend in a hypothetical world you put in swift you put in slayton in your starting lineup let's say they had huge weeks and you had a good head start i feel like maybe for step tyler lockett may have been a a nice option had instead of Rashad White because I can see the the cap on him uh, blowing up a lot more. All he needs is just one deep deep touchdown or like a mm-hmm. thirty yard touchdown, and he's blowing that projections. But I think the way that it's uh, it's searching out right now that she's probably safe and Rashad White probably the better option. The last guy that I would just want to bring up, I know he's coming off injury, is Juju Smith. Juju Smith's going to be working out of the slot, obviously against the Rams. He's healthy. Who knows how much involved he's going to be, but there's there's points. There's points to be scored against the Rams. Someone's going to be the beneficiary. I, I don't know who it is. Usually when, you, when you're when you rolling out KC and they're big favorites, and uh, you don't know who's getting the touchdowns. I know McCole Hardman is out, and he was the one that was getting all those like end-around touchdowns, just those random touchdowns. The wide receivers can never really pick who it is. Uh, Tony, is I believe, is still out. He's not going to be playing in this game. Someone's going to be a beneficiary. I pray to God that it's not Travis Kelsey, and hopefully that's one mm-hmm. of the wide receivers that Juju could be that person. So a lot of options, a lot of talking, and Juwan Johnson's a beast out of her tight end spot, another touchdown probably. But answer that, uh, Rashad White, you like it? Good spot for her? Um, 
Yeah, I I do think, and Rashad White, if you look at his stats against the Seahawks, um, had a really good game, had 22 carries, 105 yards on the ground, had a full bye week. I'm sure that they already kind of knew that Leonard wasn't going to return the next week, like when it came to practicing the team itself. So Rashad practicing with the starters most likely the entire week. Um, And Cleveland has the second worst rush defense. So... What I'm just hoping for when it comes to Rashad White is none of those touchdowns. Um, they did uh, activate Giovanni Bernard as... Oh, um, Gio. As, the ultimate vulture. Yeah, as uh, the running back, and he is healthy to play. So I'm hoping that he does vulture some of those catches, some of those passing, um, and maybe some of the red zone opportunities. Um, let's. I want to touch on Lamar really quick. Lamar gets these projections every week and I'm not going to just, you know, say it because it's going to come back to bite me in the ass, but just kind of disappointing the lot. Like we talked about this, I think last week or two weeks ago, um, just not a lot of high numbers from Lamar. And I don't know if it's defense is trying to, you know, adjust to, to him running. Um, he's still running the ball. It seems about 10 times a game, um, but not too many touchdowns. Uh, he had a touchdown rushing last week, but without that, that was an under 10-point performance game. Um, there are some weeks in here in the last several weeks that are 14 points, 13 points, 10 points. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, projecting 21, Jacksonville defense is just not good. But what I'm hoping is somewhat similar to last week where kind of just an ugly game. I'm hoping that since Lamar, I know he's going to be, um, I guess, quote-unquote, healthy enough to play. But what I'm hoping is that they give the ball and they run the ball a lot. And that if, you know, Lamar does throw it, Demarcus Robinson is questionable, who he used a lot last week. Um, there's somebody else. Who's the other wide receiver that they have that just has not done much? But Duvernay? Yeah, Devin Duvernay. They just don't have weapons on the outside. So I'm hoping that it's just a very quick game where they run the ball a lot. They get a lot of time off the clock. Um, and it's close. So that someone like Christian Kirk, they're not trying to catch up. Um, because Baltimore doesn't have a great secondary. So um, Marcus Peters would like a word. Uh, yeah, talk about trash. So that's going to be an interesting game to watch because she do, does have two players. Uh, she has Justin Tucker as well, three players from that game. So my eyes will be on that game probably mostly tomorrow. Um, I will say this, and it, it's probably going to come back to bite me in the ass. I am not worried about Jawan Johnson. Um, I think that I think that San Francisco's linebackers – and their defense is good enough to where, like, I can see Fred Warner or that Tua Fonga guy just, like, not I – I just – I'm not concerned about Jawan Johnson. So, um, I will take the under on .5 touchdowns from Jawan Johnson this week. Ooh. Ooh. Well, that's a spicy pick. He's had a touchdown in his last three. Yeah, not – he's not a focal point in the offense, but anyways, but obviously he's a red zone target to be sure. Mm-hmm. Let's go over who do we like? LA Bash Bros, Hell's Chargarian. I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Steph's team. I'm gonna take Steph's team because I think Lamar Jackson will hit projections. I don't and it's not like he's been he, yeah, he hasn't been playing to the standard in which we hold Lamar Jackson too, but he's still averaging 16, 17 points. Like he's but still sniffing around there. Go ahead. Because those first three weeks, if you look at his first three weeks, 22 yeah. points, 46, 39, you take, you if, if those 46 and 39 point weeks are dropped to 20 points, he's not sniffing. Uh, per, he's not averaging out 20 points a game, but 
I mean, I'm not going to argue with your decision to pick Steph. So continue. Uh, Christian Kirk, uh, as much as I dog on him against that Baltimore secondary, as you mentioned, has not been good. I uh, more of the interior for uh, Baltimore is Baltimore is more the the kind of the deadly the pass rush. I I see this the, I see that game because that game looks like it's going to be the the decision uh, mm-hmm. the big uh, prevalent decision maker in this game. I see see Baltimore hopefully fixing that offense because that offense is just absolute trash right now. And it's obviously yeah on the back of Lamar Jackson and his inefficiencies and not really being much of a runner. I see kind of a get right game for Baltimore. I see it as a game where Jacksonville needs to play catch up. Christian Kirk's going to be involved. I feel like those are going to be her two big home run hitters, but I think it's still going to be close. I think, I think Isaiah Pacheco is going to have a big, big week for you. I think Mark, Mark Andrews got to hit projections. If I'm thinking, if I'm thinking Lamar Jackson's going to uh, have himself mm-hmm. a little bit of a bounce back game, Mark, Mark Andrews has to be involved. I think that may have been, may be the kind of connect, connecting the the puzzle in between the Baltimore offense is just Lamar Jackson's inefficiency to kind of get Mark Andrews the ball and him being hurt. So I think it's going to be close. And I pray to God it comes down to Monday Night Football where it's Jonathan Taylor first Najee Harris. And I get to watch every reason why I did not want Najee Harris on my team. Um, and I get to watch Jonathan Taylor kind of come back to life and replicate what he did last year in the second half, being just an absolute animal. So I'll take House Targaryen. I'm going to take myself. Um, I. I'm not uh I, I just think Steph's matchups are are decent. I don't think they're anything crazy. I do think there are some some plays here that possibly could be duds. Speaking about Jawan Johnson, um, you know, if, if Jalen Waddle's gonna get his catches and probably get his yards, but is he gonna get um into the end zone? Um so I, I think there's a possibility where Jalen Waddle gets underneath ten points. Uh, but yeah, it really comes down to that Lamar uh, game. Um, but on my side, I like how I started with Zeke. Um, I think Pacheco does have a chance to hit that 10. And I like Herbert a lot this week. I think Herbert, I don't have to worry about the weather. Don't have to really worry about like the fan base getting crazy in Arizona. Arizona just really has nothing to play for anymore the rest of the season. Um And I think that Herbert will be able to take advantage um, and get a fully healthy Keenan and a full practice week for Keenan. And this is a game that the Chargers really need to win. Um, so I think that they'll be able to to move the ball efficiently. So I will take my team. Also, Dicker the kicker makes his appearance on the squad. Um, and I could see him getting a couple uh, big field goals for me. All right, moving right along. We got the Notorious 5-6 and six going up against Team Mercier, who is also 5-6. and six. Sam is in 10th place. Trey's in 5th place but they're tied at the same record. I hate this league so much. Everything's too tight. I liked it better when I was first place and I had a little bit of breathing room, but I don't. Everything's going to come down to points four, and my team barely scores any points, but I digress. Okay, yeah, let's not, let's not make it about your team all the time, okay? We're talking about two teams that both need wins here. Notorious is off to a good start with Josh Allen, almost hitting a 30-burger mm-hmm. against Detroit. Tony Pollard, a little bit of disappointing, especially since the running game was going in that uh, Dallas game, just went to the wrong running back. I feel like you're going to get that every week out of Tony Pollard. And Zeke, Zeke's been cooking it as late, and they love Zeke in that offense. Jerry Jones is so quick to defend uh, Zeke's involvement in the offense. It's always going to be that way. Tony P, I feel like you're just one, one year away from Tony P. I feel like next year will be his year. But this year... Still Zeke zone, but still 7.1 is not terrible. Uh, Bill's defense with eight. Let's go over his matchup. It's always with Trey. Same old story. It's the big three. 
Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs. Um, you mentioned it. Running games uh, probably are going to be prevalent. Actually, you you, you mentioned that uh, you like your boy this week. How, what do you what do you expect out of Austin Eckler in the running game though for the Chargers? Um, I don't know how much he'll be. I mean, the running game has just been kind of non-existent this entire year um, regarding the Chargers' offense. I think Eckler really has only had a couple games where he's had over, I would say, 50 yards uh, running the ball. Yeah, I mean, Kansas City had 83, um, Cleveland 173. Yeah, he's only had over 53 times this year. But that's not really been his MO this year regarding running. Uh, He's a pass catcher. Um, I do think he is going to be – it's touchdown heavy for him um, I with a weapons coming back as far as Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer kind of solidifying a number two uh, wide receiver and Ger- Gerald Everett back who Trey also has. Um, I don't think Austin Eckler is going to be used as much when it comes to catching the ball, but I do think the, uh, the touchdown uh, in the red zone, he is the number one target there. So I like him there. Uh, Josh Jacobs really quickly against the Seattle. Um, we saw. We just talked about Rashad White, and now he had 100 yards against um, Seattle a couple weeks ago. I think Josh Jacobs has a very good game um, there in Seattle. I'm not sure if he'll get a touchdown, but I th- 17.1 is super high. But then when you go look at Josh Jacobs' fantasy outputs this year, um, he's he's been right around there. So one thing I want to touch about on Trey's team is Keenan Allen on the bench. Um, me personally, as a as a Charger fan and also just a fantasy person, like. Keenan Allen should be playing on Trey's team, and he should be starting over either Chris Godwin or Devontae Smith, specifically over Devontae Smith. I get kind of being apprehensive if, you know, perhaps Keenan was was been out with the hamstring injury, so maybe one bad little tweak and he gets re-injured again. But I, I it's kind of one of those set it and forget it, in my opinion, with Keenan. He's going to get six, seven catches a game. He's going to get 60, 70 yards, and I think there's a very good chance of a touchdown this week. So if I were Trey, I would definitely swap over uh, Devontae Smith for Keenan. Yeah, and Devontae Smith, you there's no benefit or there's no guarantee literally in any of the offense. I, there's even down weeks for A.J. Brown, who's like their star stud, number one wide receiver. They'll win games, just, and he won't even be that involved. And it's not like one of those situations where Devontae Smith is the obvious like beneficiary. No, it's a lot of the times it's, they're just really getting the running game going. Miles Sanders is just dominating on the ground. They're doing short intermediate routes to uh, like, uh, what is it? Uh, Watkins. They have other wide receivers there. Devontae Smith is not, uh-huh. it's not like a situation with like Miami where it's Hill and Waddle. And it's, if Waddle has a little bit of a down game, then it's, everything's going to go to Hill. Or it's like, it's not like they both command this, this massive part of the offense. Devontae Smith is more of a beneficiary to kind of like the, uh, the he's kind of like in the Tyler Lockett kind of aspect where, Hey, there may be games where down downfield threats is going to be op- is way open. They're kind of playing inside. They're defending the run or defending the immediate passes. Devontae Smith or like a Tyler Lockett. That's their area to get one on one coverage outside. They're better than the corner that they're up against. But Devontae Smith, really, the Eagles' offense as a whole hasn't really focused in, focused on him primarily to win matchups, win games. He hasn't shown it this week. Keenan Allen has shown throughout his entire career any game script he's involved. If you want to take advantage of a, of a weak corner or uh, kind of banged up a secondary, you attack with Keenan Allen. If you need to move the chains, you need him to be a target hog and have 13 catches in game. It's going to be Keenan Allen. So I agree yeah. 100%. Keenan Allen is definitely the play there. Uh, I I look at give me a give me a wide receiver duo of Chris Godwin and Keenan Allen where 
Chris Godwin on a good day when he's at his health and that Bucks offense is rolling, those guys combined are probably almost taking 25 targets just out of through the passing game. I would want that. I would take 12 points combined between both of them just catches alone. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, so let's head over to Sam's team. And if you were to tell me before the season that she would trot out a team of Jimmy G, Damian Harris, and Samaji P. Ryan, um, I would be like a guarantee that she's in 10th, which she is. Um, but big games on Thursday from Amon Ross St. Brown and a good game by TJ, but kind of offset by that. I think Damian Harris got injured in like the second quarter um, and was out for the remainder of the game. So a 1.6 for Damian Harris. But she doesn't really have anybody else that she could have really played. Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon are both going to be out again this week. Um, Gus Edwards could have probably, you know, could have possibly been the call. But I know that you like Damian Harris a lot last week after his performance um, and kind of getting the share of those touches. But we have talked all year that that backfield is basically just a toss-up between Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. Stevenson getting a lot of the uh, pass-catching um points for running back but um do you think there's anything here for sam to kind of hope for going into tomorrow i to be say it bluntly no i don't i don't i think where she could have really cashed in on this matchup is um that running back spot i don't think damian harrison damian harris was a play i think that was a game where it was closer than i expected and i know you can't count injuries but damian harris when he is in a lineup with Ramondre Stevenson. Now, at the beginning of the year, it was different. Like, Ramondre Stevenson wasn't really in the offense. He wasn't trusted to handle a bulk of carries or be the pass-catching back. But now I feel like Ramondre Stevenson, it's more of a situation where you had with, like, LeGarrette Blunt. I keep going back to that backfield because it's the ones that I remember. The LeGarrette Blunt backfield is you have guys that are going to be taking away points from him, but you there's, there's an obvious 1A and there's an obvious 1B. That 1B is going to hit every now and then, but you don't want to trot out Damian Harris now with Ramondre Stevenson and how important he is to that offense. I just don't think that's a s- smart play. Um, I don't think she had Kareem Hunt on her team prior to Thursday, so I don't know if that was an option. I saw a late pickup for that. But Gus Edwards, I thought, would have easily been the play there over Damian Harris. Uh, when Gus is healthy, he is the only true running back on that team. They love to run the ball. If there are any still hiccups with uh, Lamar Jackson and his hip, then they're going to run the ball with Gus. And I think mm-hmm. he was just a way more higher ceiling play than Damian Harris. And then quarterback, I, I, in, in what world, in what world do you not start Kirk Cousins over Jimmy G? It's and I know it's going against New England. They number one defense. Blah blah blah. Kirk Cousins has Justin Jefferson. He has TJ Hawkinson. He has Dalvin Cook. He has a host of weapons. No, I mean, Jimmy G has a host of weapons. I, as well. It doesn't. Well, regardless, it's not like Jimmy G's a, a far inferior quarterback. There's games where San Francisco is winning and Jimmy G is not asked to throw throw a touchdown, and that's just their mo of that offense. The 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 Vikings this year have been a product of Kirk Cousins throwing the ball. And even giving uh, Dalvin Cook in the offense, it's not like Dalvin Cook only primarily scores on the ground. It's also involved in the passing game too. It kind of falls on the back of Kirk Cousins. They they go where he where Kirk Cousins can take him. And I just feel week in week out, if you got a healthy Kirk Cousins, uh, 
you you roll him out. I don't I don't see I, I feel like this is too cute of a player for Sam and she doesn't need to be cute. I mean she she needs to be playing the best players on her team possible, especially with all these injuries going and and yeah, I just I don't know. I'm I'm not I normally I'm never high on Sam's team because she's been struggling all year, but I'm I'm especially not high. Looking at Samaje P Ryan on a starting lineup, I don't care I don't care if his projection is 47. I just it makes me sick to my absolute stomach. Um just to touch on the Jimmy G uh thing. It's it's tough because it's a little bit of recency bias. Jimmy G had a really good Monday night game where he threw up 25 points and then you had Kirk Cousins um literally get I think it was two. Uh yeah, he had two points uh last week against Dallas Cowboys. So yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of a recency bias both on both ends. I think it's a little bit more hindsight and being like, well, Kirk Cousins threw up 21. Jimmy G has been consistent at around 15 to 20 points every single week. Um, and I do feel like you can kind of fall into that. Um, and just, you know, if you need points and you want to be consistent with who you have, his projection is 15.6. I think that's right around to what he'll get. Um, but I can also see Kirk Cousins, you know, throws the ball a lot more. But he is way more turnover prone um, than Jimmy G, in my opinion. So yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not bla- I'm not necessarily you know blaming Sam for that decision. I think that's an okay decision. I just don't think that there's anybody else on her team. Um, you know, Mike Evans is consistent as far as uh, wide receiver play goes, and he'll probably get you that 10 to 15 points. I feel like Mike Evans really hasn't gone off any of these weeks. Um, he's had one week over 20 points, so. She's missing her boom players as far as Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. And, yeah, I I don't see how she can overcome, you know, Austin Eckler and Josh Jacobs. Um, And if Keenan Allen, uh, you know, makes the starting lineup this week, those three players I think will outscore the rest of uh, her lineup this week. Yeah, I – you got an absolute perfect, perfect, perfect game out of Jimmy G last week, and he scored 25 points. It's just – that's that's the absolute ceiling for him. So I just don't see – I see in a pinch. I see if you don't have a quarterback. I see if if it's a late scratch, you throw him in there. Or I even see even in a game where you're you're playing against a bad team and you're like, you know what, I have a good lineup here. I just need consistency out of my quarterback. I need those 15 points. I know he can get that for me. But if you're going against Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, Josh, Josh Jacobs, those three, uh, and, and now Keenan in the fold, you, you can't play it safe against teams like Trey. Can and, I, I'll ask you a question. How many times do you think Kirk Cousins has had 25 points this year? I'm going to say three times. You and I have the exact same amount of points. Uh, at times, Kirk Cousins has reached 25 points. So there has not been one game where Kirk Cousins has reached 25 this year. Okay, but I still see 19, 22, 23, 21. I mean, that's yeah, you're talking like it's that's that's a standard Jimmy G game. You but know? he's done it. But he's done twenty some points four times where Jimmy G in his absolute best game of last season had twenty like he had twenty four, twenty five yeah. points. I, I just, just don't, I don't think it's that big of a difference to be honest. I don't yeah. I don't think Kirk Cousins and Jimmy G. It's not like it's you know Mahomes and and Kirk Cousins or something like that. And you know you play or you know even uh. I don't know, like a, a Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott to where one's very, very high and then there's a couple bad games and then Dak has been very consistent around 15 to 20 points. Um, I, I I don't see a lot of difference. I think both have a lot of weapons, 
Um, and I think they're both getting the most out, out of them right now. Um, I just don't think it's – she just doesn't have good quarterback play, essentially. Let's sum it all up. Her team sucks. It's just a, she's a sucky situation, and it stinks because she's had some major injuries, especially with all the Bengals players that she has. Um, it's it's been a it's been a slog for Sam, but she's five and six. She's tied with Trey, who's also mm-hmm. five and six, mm-hmm. and a win this week propels her potentially back into the playoff mix. There's only a couple weeks left, but if we're picking matchups here, and we have to pick a winner here, give me the notorious by. An absolute blowout. I see. I don't see Sam cracking a hundred. There's, there's no shot. I don't like that Cincinnati game. Cincinnati, Samaje Piran's going against Tennessee on the road. Oh my god, Tennessee at home. They're just gonna hold the ball for like seventy four minutes. I don't even know how many minutes there are in a football game. They're not. They're not gonna touch the Cincinnati. Will not touch the ball. I don't think. Um, I just. And I, I think for her, that's her big boom play. Uh, it's it's both of those guys on Cincinnati. It's Samaje and it's Tyler Boyd. And I feel like that's where she can kind of make up the difference if Austin Eckler and Josh Jacobs makes it, makes it a boat race. And it's uh, you're they're both scratching at 115. Only chance Sam has it is in those two players, those Cincinnati players. I don't think they get it. I don't. I think that's gonna be a game that Tennessee dominates on the ground the whole game. So give me yeah. a notorious. No, I was just going to say, I, I agree. I think that's a game that you're really hoping that two players off Cincinnati and it's not, you know, it's not T Higgins, it's no one else. It's, it's Maji P. Ryan and Tyler Boyd. It's a, you really have to hope for that to, to happen. Yeah. Who do you like, Jake? Yeah, I think we're both on uh, Trey's team. Uh, Trey continues kind of his streak here of, uh, of winning games. But I also feel like whenever we're rarely – uh, just against Sam out of nowhere. She has, you know, her team throws up points. Um, but I think having that 1.6 with Damian Harris is just, is kind of a backbreaker as far as uh, she needs a lot of points and consistent points across the board. She's only projected right now at 99.9. So I can see her not, uh, you know, scratching a hundred. Ronnie B with the 2.7 dud. I was calling it with Dawson Knox. I just stressful, 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 stressful that tight end spot at Buffalo. But he's starting out the matchup 2.7. He's going up against QB Sneaks, who had Justin Jefferson going with a Justin Jefferson type game, 24.8. So 24.8, 2.7, QB Sneaks. Both QB Sneaks is five and six. Ronnie B's is six and five. He's in fourth. QB Sneaks is in ninth. I am all over the place here. But let's just start with QB sneaks. And I feel like high projection marks. I feel like uh, QB sneaks is finally getting everyone healthy. David Montgomery I talked about last week with uh, Khalil Herbert being hurt. David Montgomery kind of has a backfield to himself. Let me double check points here. But I still felt like he was still heavily involved, kind of what I was talking about. Yeah, he had 19 points, 17 carries. He had a touchdown. Heavily involved. I love that as like a – kind of a helping piece on his team because I felt like that's his biggest weakness, QB sneaks. Now kind of trotting out with Jalen Hurts. I'm going to skip over James Conner. I know he has high projection points. You mentioned it in uh, your matchup that you see this being a running game. James Conner at 15, 15 points projections, but Justin Jefferson, Debo, and George Kittle just his last week. And, oh, in the flex spot, Latavius yeah. Murray. Let's go, Latavius are we excited about Latavius? Yeah, I think I think there's a good chance Latavius actually hits those projections. I think, you know, 50, 60, 70 rushing yards and a touchdown for him. They've been so bad in the red zone um, and especially inside the five. 
to where for me, a, a veteran running back that doesn't fumble inside the five, shout out Melvin Gordon, is is huge. So I think he will be able to pound one of those short yardage uh, runs in. Get real quick. Give me. You're in the Super Bowl. I know you're going to say Marshawn Lynch here, but you're in the Super Bowl. You're three yards out. What running back would you give the ball to trust that you punching in besides Marshawn Lynch? Oh, it's Derrick Henry. Derrick, Derrick Henry. Henry. Derrick Henry guy. Because like Derrick Henry can either run it in or throw it in. I'm going to say Steve, uh, Stephen Jackson. Stephen Jackson. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Just, just 100%. It'll give you those three yards. But... I mean, we just kind of went through his whole lineup. Uh, I touched on it last episode. I think QB sneaks is his team is his team is good. Is like a solid. I think for him it would be nice if Khalil uh, Herbert's out for the year. Dave Montgomery just has a grip hold on mm-hmm. that starting job, and there's no kind of there's no pressure or there's no split carries there. I know uh, he has that rookie guy that I blanked on his name last year, Ebner. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of his backfield, and when he has the backfield to himself, he's been highly productive. Uh, Justin Fields got hurt last week, banged up shoulder. It'll be interesting this week. He's going to be starting against the Jets. That's going to be a team that Jets Jets defense has just been has been great. Matt White is going to be in at quarterback. I saw last year Matt White Mike. crushed me. Mike White, excuse me, Mike White uh, crushed me and Jake's hopes last year in our survivor pool, um, yeah. where he had that big game against Cincinnati. So. It's going to be – that's going to be a fun game to see, A, is Jets offense, can they get anything going with the new quarterback in the helm? And then, B, what's this offense going to look like for the for the Bears with Justin Fields banged up? And so uh, that's going to be a big one for me. But anything sticks out besides the Latavius Murray on QB Sneaks team? Um, no, I, I think he does have a good team. Um, I do think that – Sometimes the players on his team are kind of inconsistent in what they do, specifically the running back situation. Yeah. But I do agree with um, with David Montgomery. And I, I did say last week, I think they're going to, if, if Justin Fields is out, they're going to put a lot in the box to try and stop the running attack um, because Trevor Simeon's not going to be able to throw the ball much. So that could be, you know, that could be, kind of a, a negative for David Montgomery, but it is his backfield. And um, David Montgomery has had some success on the ground this year, but that's going to be a tough game to watch as far as just defenses. Uh, the Jets defense kind of, I think, holding them in check. So 12 and a half points, I think, is a little high, but I do think that there, I guess there is a chance with a touchdown that he can grab that. Um, Debo and George, I think those are just two good weapons. George has been very good. Um, recently kind of has skyrocketed up the tight end ranks as far as fantasy is currently seventh. Um, but yeah, I think a Shane overall has a very um, consistent, good team. That projected total is super high. It's at, yeah, 125. Um, but yeah, we will see, we'll see if he can reach that. And if he does reach that, it's hard for me to see Nick's team uh, matching that total. I would like to see out of Chicago if Justin Fields is going to be banged up, which he obviously is. I don't see the him running the ball, but I do see him getting out of the pocket more, not having him be statuesque, sitting mm-hmm. there making throws because the injury was on his non-throwing shoulder. So 
Um, his his throwing arm should be completely intact, ready to go throwing. I do like the option of him kind of moving outside the pocket, being on the run, and then kind of extending plays through there. So I maybe if it's afforded to them, if they are going to be stacking the box because they're going to be looking out for David Montgomery to throw the ball, I still see that there is potential that getting Justin Fields involved in terms of the passing game because Darnell Mooney has turned it on as late, uh, and we we always talk about Cole, uh, Cole Komet as a tight end it feels like we've been talking about him the last couple of years so there's still good pass options there just because uh the injured shoulder i don't think it's going to take away so much of his mobility i think maybe mobility going downfield they're going to limit as many chances they can for the defense to get tackles on him but i still see him being mobile um i see i, do, I still see uh that offense not hit, grinding to an absolute halt so it's just interesting uh battle of defenses there something's got to break in one of those offenses but let's go over to Nick's team 2.7 from Dawson Knox no matter I feel like no matter what uh the the, the safest things on a Buffalo Bills offense is going to be the quarterback and the wide receivers and by wide receivers it's just pretty much Stephon Diggs you can't trust Gabe Davis um because he only gets like three, four targets of games, it seems like, or he just all, all he's good for is just burning one through the middle. But you, if if you're running out tight end options, Austin Knox is not the worst option. Just kind of fell flat here. Nick's got a lot of options this week. He uh, has got Brandon Ayuk on the bench. I feel like that's the guy we was kind of uh, hone in on because he usually floats in and out of his lineup. But this week, I. I'm not. I'm not looking forward to Aaron Rodgers, uh, Green Bay Packers on the road against Philadelphia. He's Nick's gonna be rolling out the Packer trio. He's got Rodgers, Jones, Watson. Out of those three, what do you think? Uh, give me least likely to hit projections and most likely to hit projections out of those three. Um, let's do this. Um, we'll do an M- MFK Green Bay Packer edition for starting. Um, oh, I like that. But, I like that. But if, if you don't know what that is, just in case the official boys are listening, um, it's Mary and then bleep and kill. So I, in this matchup, I would, um, I would probably marry Aaron Rodgers. I would probably bleep Aaron Jones and I would kill Christian Watson. Um, I do not think Christian Watson is going to be, if I were Nick, I would start Ayuk over Christian Watson in this matchup um, only because I just don't see Christian Watson is very touchdown dependent. Um, and one of these weeks, it's just not going to happen. And I think that that's going to be this week against on the road at night against the Eagles. Um, I can see Darius Slay doing a really good job against Christian Watson. Perhaps he's not on him. Perhaps Alan Lazard is, or perhaps he's on Alan Lazard. But Darius Slay is a very good corner, and I think that he's going to shut down um, the one of the Green Bay Packers wide receivers, and it could very much well be Christian Watson. Aaron Jones, I will say, the Eagles' defensive line, um, there were some holes in it, and they went out and they grabbed both oh, Linval oh, Joseph oh, oh. and Sue. They both played last week. Um, Sue looked good. And they both looked pretty good. So um, my, my expectations for Aaron Jones, I think, um, is is a little is I think thirteen point seven is it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to really establish that run game. But give me a guy that they they definitely use in the red zone and they they give him the ball a lot. And then Aaron Rodgers, um, he has been better over the last couple weeks. Um, Nothing crazy, but he is averaging 20 points the last two weeks, has not turned the ball over, um, and has looked, I mean, even if they don't win, 
uh, he has looked better. So, yeah, I uh, the, Nick doesn't have another quarterback. I mean, Jared Goff played already, so he had 17 points. Um, and I think Aaron will get perhaps right around there. So, if I can kill all of them, I would kill all of them. Let me yeah, start with that. That's fair. Worst time I had to say goodbye to my sandwich. Okay, yeah. here we go. So, Mary... I know. I'm sorry. Mary. Okay. I'm going to marry Aaron Jones here. I feel like in these tough matchups where I feel like Aaron's going to be restricted with what you mentioned, the the defensive line. I feel like Sue's more of a pass rusher for the quarterback. I feel like he's not very, he's not a very mobile. I mean, he's an older guy, obviously. Uh, I feel like if they get Aaron Jones on the outside. The biggest part is just bouncing to the outside, getting him in space. He'll be effective against his defense. Um, so I'm going to marry Aaron Jones. Uh, what do I have? What's the next one? You get to bleep one of the other ones or kill one of the other ones. I'm gonna, Obviously, I'm with you. I'm going to kill Christian Watson. I think I uh, I just don't think the passing game is going to be there. I think the only way that we, we talked about like in the first couple of weeks where Packers had that one big blow-up game where everyone was involved, this offense is at its best when they're running the ball. I feel like AJ Dillon's just been phased out of this offense. I feel like Aaron Jones has really just been the pre- premier marquee kind of person. I think it all rests on Aaron Jones. I think there's opportunities for him to get involved in the passing game. I feel like there there is a way for him to get involved in the rushing game, not up through the middle. I like you just mentioned with those two signings, but find a way to be creative, bounce him outside. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a beneficiary to that. He can kind of give the ball to Aaron Jones. Um, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of time for him. Uh, what Bakhtiari was questionable heading into this game is a little banged up last week. And Christian Watson, it's hard because Christian Watson has just been a roll of the dice. He's been, he's had some, I mean, he's had back-to-back big weeks, but really, really on the back of just four four catches both weeks. Uh, against Dallas, he had I mean, four catches for three touchdowns. Okay, sweet. And then last week he had four catches, 48 yards, two touchdowns. I... I that's just an absolute gamble and I'll take give me if I wanted to be be more consistent give me Brandon Ayuk that will he will he's a not a better quarterback a little bit more consistent quarterback about getting the ball in places that Brandon Ayuk usually roams right up the middle Christian Watson's more on the outside yeah I I don't want anything of Chris Watson so I'll kill I'll kill Chris Watson but Aaron Jones I I definitely see him I definitely see him being uh him having a pretty good week Aaron Rodgers I see him scratching just exactly what he's at projections yeah let's let's look at the rest of Nick's team uh C-Mac against the Saints um Saints defense has been extremely disappointing this year um they were I feel like they had a streak where they weren't allowing any 100 yard rushers feel like they've gotten a kind of gotten ran over the last uh i would say a few months i feel like every game i watch i'm thinking oh this this team is just getting run over on the ground um i mean naji i think had 100 yards against them a couple weeks ago i'm um, just kind of looking at some of their box scores Kenyon drake had 94 yards on them a couple weeks ago so i think this is a game where christian mccaffrey definitely meet, meets his projections um and they've been using him very effectively in the past game as well. And then someone like Tyreek, I know we've talked about the Houston Texans corners in, in the uh, in the past because we feel like a lot of teams are just running the ball a lot. 
and establishing the run because Houston's rush defense is so bad. But Tyreek is one of those guys to where you just have to give it to him in open space and he'll get you the yardage no matter what. Um, and then Amari Cooper at home, uh, which is uh, kind of broke that last week uh, when he played, uh, what was it, the Bills and had a huge game last week on the road. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, th- I think I think in general there's, there's some good, and this is going to be a very good week um, between the two teams. Um, but... I'm just gonna get in the predictions right now. I th- I think I think a Shane uh, is gonna pull this one off. I think having a bad start by Dawson Knox never looks great. Um, yeah. As far as starting a week off, two point seven. But I'm not a fan of the Christian Watson play. Uh, and yeah, I think that we have some. I think that the Packers will struggle, and it's it's funny to look over at a Shane's team and see the Eagles defense. So this will be a game that uh, will definitely be. And he has Jalen Hurts, so it's gonna come down to that Sunday night game for sure. I think for me, if if Dawson Knox wasn't playing on Thanksgiving and I'm looking at it, clean slate, uh, there's always optimism with Dawson Knox. Like he's super athletic, um, been banged up. He's struggled at the beginning of the year, turned it on as late. I feel like if I wasn't looking at a 2.7 uh, under his score and it was just concrete, I probably would take Nick's team here because I like Chris McCaffrey this week. I think he's just going to just go off. And uh, Amari Cooper at home. Phil told us you got to watch out for Mario Cooper at home, and then he's been cooking as late. And a couple more weeks of Jacoby Brissett, and he's just really been finding Amari Cooper these past couple weeks. Um, and then you mentioned Tyreek Hill. I feel like this is going to be another one of those Tyreek Hill games where I think he'll match Justin Jefferson on that 25 point burger that he put up. Uh, but that 2.7 is really like shying away from me. And I just feel this be a, uh, if you look at tight, tight end comparisons, George Kittle, Dawson Knox, he, George Hill. The way that he's been playing, he'll easily dwarf those 2.7 and maybe even go a little bit over that proje- uh, projection total that he has. QB Sneaks it just has a, a ton of weapons, and it's very consistent team. Uh, he does have some options on the bench, but he's he's kind of – his team's rounding in a form where it's almost getting to the point where he can just set his lineup. He knows who he's playing every single week. There's not a lot of question marks and um, just some good options. And I – I'm not watching Latavius Murray. I don't care how excited you are for him. I am on that game. So I'll be excited to um, check out his points on our next episode. But this week, this matchup, give me QB sneaks. He's got to get out of that ninth place spot. And Nick's got to be worried not to lose his fourth place spot after this week. Now it's a little funky going over this matchup because it's half of their players have already went. Makes sense with uh, Phil having all pretty much all the Buffalo players, Dallas players. He's got Ramondre Stevenson, but half of his team has already went. He's already at 75 points, give or take 74 points. Uh, Ghost of Porte is going up against Ken Whitewalker, who had some guys playing. He had Dak and CeeDee Lamb, but let's go over Phil's team first. So looking at his lineup, only, only kind of downer games was Dalvin Cook and Brett Maher. He had like a 29 burger last week. He had three points this week, but Dalvin Cook, not that, I mean, you have to roll Dalvin Cook out every single week. You're going to have bound weeks. But this is one of those against New England. If there's anything that New England can defend and they've shown this year is the rush. They've they're, they've been able to control the running, the running backs from opposing teams this year. Like you mentioned, you're not a big fan of their corners and their secondary play. Uh, as we saw Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, only bummer. You still roll him out. But we'll look at Saquon. He had a 13, didn't hit projections, but still 
uh, he had a kind of a late touchdown, kind of struggled on the ground all four, but that touchdown really saved him. Stephon Diggs, pretty much right on the money in terms of projections, had a good game. Dalton Schultz. Got lucky, though. He got lucky. Uh, just to, that like you're watching that Buffalo Detroit game, but Stephon Diggs was getting shut down until about yeah. last two drives of the game. He's and, been very animated as late. He uh, last week he was uh, he was uh, being consoled by the coach about his lack of involvement. Didn't get a lot of uh, didn't get a lot of looks. Kind of was happening this game too. He was very fired up, and when he had that touchdown, he was. I saw the. Saw the video of him going up to Josh Allen, pretty much sound like I told you, I told you. Yeah. Uh, so he, it's I don't know if it's a lack of separation. Uh, I don't know if it's if it's the offensive scheme. I feel like you always are scheming to get him involved. But yeah, last two weeks it seems like either he's um, has been able to uh, get himself separated from from his matchup. But yeah, I agree with you. Very lucky, very uh, very uh, fortuitous for him to kind of cash in on that on that projection line. Yeah. I think he had like a 35 yard catch the, to set up the game winning field goal um, at the very end. And then, yeah, he had that touchdown in the fourth quarter. So and that's kind of what you expect from Stefan Diggs, though. Every week is to get between 15 and 20 points. And then the weeks that he gets over 20 points, you know, you're most likely will win. I want to touch on Dalvin cook really quick. Dalvin cook has been somewhat disappointing this year. In my opinion, um, I think there's been a couple of weeks that he's had, he's had good weeks. He's had, over 20 points, three weeks out of the season. But there have been one, two, three, four weeks that are under 10 points. And that's not really what you want out of a out of a RB1. Um, luckily for Phil, though, the Saquon has had um, success this year, and he's been healthy. But Dalvin Cook, in an offense that has a lot of weapons, and it seems like they just really put the ball in Kirk Cousins' hands and let him kind of just throw it around. They don't really try to establish the run. I know Dalvin had 22 rushing attempts. Um, and they were trying to establish the run, but you know, a lot of the time he's he's not. Before this week, um, the last three weeks, the most rushing attempts he's had were seventeen. So, I I don't think, I really don't. It's been hard for him this year, and his touchdowns. I feel like he's only had one rushing. No, he's had he's had a few rushing touchdowns. One, two, three, four. It looks like he's had. Uh, six rushing touchdowns this year and one catching. But I, if I remember correctly, Dalvin was someone that you feel like you could get, you know, four or five uh, catching touchdowns and kind of those screens and those uh, swing plays with him. And he would just take it upfield and break huge uh, runs. So he's kind of been disappointing in my eyes as an RB1. I mean, right now he is 11th ranked running back and that's counting this week. So I feel like he's going to drop a little bit even, you know, after the games are played on Sunday and Monday. So, but if we look at the rest of Phil's team, Ramondre Stevenson, um, you know, he is a top 10 running back. He is someone that he perhaps might not get 20 carries a game, but he catches the ball a lot. And I think, I mean, if, if you're kind of looking at around the NFL, who are the best pass catching running backs, you look at Eckler, you look at someone like perhaps Saquon that can catch it every once in a while. Um, but Ramondre Stevenson has been one of the best reception uh, quarter, uh, running backs in football. So uh, that's a big, big uh, pickup for Phil earlier in the season as regarding for draft. I believe he was drafted. He was in the seventh round, which you would probably look back on that and be like, oh, that's kind of high. But, you know, Phil did a great job in uh, drafting him there. And then lastly, that guy that played on Thursday, Dalton Schultz, 
Yeah, he had those two touchdowns. Um, I believe a couple of those were on like the one yard line or inside the five. I was rooting for a Zeke uh, touchdown there, but Dalton, um, you know, had a couple of those. Wasn't really used besides um, those, but you'll take touchdowns over anything. So the rest of Phil's team, like we talked about, he had everyone play except for three players. Uh, so th- for the rest of the week, he has two uh, T Higgins in the 49ers defense. T. Higgins, I think, should do very well against not a great secondary for Tennessee. Um, but we kind of talked about how we think Tennessee is going to run the ball a lot and kind of hold possession. Um, but Joe Burrow loves throwing to T. Higgins. I, I think that he had upwards of 15 targets last week. Um, let me look at that. He had 13 targets last week. So I think that's going to be another very high, you know, 10 plus targets for T. And Tua, well, we talked about Tua. We think it's going to be a ground game, but Tua has been very good about not turning the ball over after the first, I think, two weeks of the season. I don't think he's had a turnover. So, yeah, I, I think Phil put a very good cushion on his team at 75 points. He's projected now for 115, which is kind of what you want against the standard team. However, looking now at Phillips's team, Phillips' team is not just a standard normal team. Phil's team was an absolute monster. And I I wanted to talk about it, but I Phil's team is so stacked this week. Jeff Wilson Jr. is sitting on his bench, and you mentioned in that Houston game, it's going to be a running game, and there's only one guy in that backfield is Jeff Wilson Jr. And it's difficult. Phil's got a deep, deep, deep team, and there's no room for him. Uh, there's no room for him. So I uh, I don't know, Jake. What do you do? Jeff Wilson Jr. over Dalvin Cook, would that be no. a somewhat of thing that you would you would entertain if you were in his situation? No, I don't think I would have played Jeff Wilson Jr. over anyone. Um, I think Phil has three, three very good, um, three very good running backs to where it's hard. What I would do if I were Phil though is I would try to swap Jeff Wilson Jr. because he picked him up off of waivers. I don't think he picked him up for anything. Um, Phil's, you know, his bench is kind of spotty um and you never know with fantasy and injuries perhaps picking up another wide receiver on a team um that's looking for a running back but i don't know i mean perhaps you just kind of just leave him on your bench and just you know hope and think that perhaps once one of his running backs go down then i guess you can have a spot him but i don't think with with mostert being out this week most likely um he's just one that you kind of just have to hope that he doesn't go off necessarily because then just points on your bench yeah, uh, it's just and it's the same situation happening with with uh, Phillips' team. He's got Chris Olave on the on the bench. Well, there's a lot of options. Uh, he's got the full band back together. He's got Derrick Henry, Walker, and Travis Etienne plugging in his running back and flex spots. All projected at 16. I I honestly feel like all really good matchups. Maybe besides that Baltimore matchup because it's just their defense. If you had a if you had to shy away from any part of Baltimore's defense, it's probably that front defensive line and their ability to kind of stop. You can kind of make damage on the outside, but Travis Etienne has just been he's he's been good ever since James Robinson has left town. He's been a guy. He's a number one running back, a young guy that on a on an offense that not great. I mean, if you're looking at, at the NFL record, they're not a good team, but they are a team that. Uh, get the ball moving on the ground through the air there's going to be points in that game but we talked about it that Tennessee Derrick Henry against Cincinnati 
I think, easy 25 points. Uh, Kenneth Walker against Vegas, well, just I think it's going to be a steamroll. Um, you have to watch out for like Max Crosby, him kind of destroying games, but even then it's not um, – you can always run around guys. It's the same thing with uh, – when you're going up against the Rams defense, you just got to stay away from Aaron Donald. So he's going to blow up plays uh, every now and then, but usually the way to get a, get around a – a better better than average pass rush or or a linebacker or anyone that's kind of attacking and trying to disrupt the uh, backfield is just run around them and kenneth walker has the speed to bounce outside and we talked about the aj brown game against green bay they're gonna be at home aj brown i believe he had kind of a down week last week was it last, last week couple uh, last couple weeks Green Bay is not, not that great. I don't know if Jair Alexander is going to be playing or what his situation is. I was just looking at the injury report, and I think everyone looked pretty good to go. Uh, but A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb as a starting wide receiver duo for his team and with C.D. going over projections 14, this team is just a monster. I did text him yesterday to see if he wanted to do anything about his tight end spot. He's got Foster Moreau. Uh, tight end for Vegas in his lineup. I wanted to see if he wanted Njoku or Fryer. He want nothing of it. So, but his team's just stacked, dude. And even Dak just not even hitting projections, having 14 points. It's serviceable because usually the the bulk of his points are going to be coming out of uh out of the running back slot with Henry Walker and Etienne. And I know that we've always talked about he has Justin Fields on the bench. And the question that we asked heading into Thanksgiving game was in this situation where Justin Fields is a little unclear, do you roll out Dak Prescott, your backup just as a safety net? And it looks like he did that. And yeah, not the big blowout game that he's been getting uh, with Justin Fields lately, but I think it's just the better decision making sure that uh, you don't know what you're going to get out of Justin Fields. That 20 projection still seems pretty high for me. Uh, That's really predicated on his running ability and his ability to get in the end zone via his feet. I don't feel like it's going to be uh, uh, for sure this upcoming week. So rolling out Dak, Dak, it's it's disappointing given the end result, but I think it's a smart play. Yeah, I think you, you like you said, you kind of had to do that. Um, in, in trading um, Dak for Zeke, the trade that Phillips and I had, um, I knew that there would be weeks that Justin Fields was probably going to struggle a little bit because he is facing some tough defenses coming up. But I agree. I think that 20 points is just completely whether or not he has a rushing touchdown. If you look at his last five weeks, um, he's had 23, 26, and then he's had back-to-back 40-point weeks, and then 22. And each of those five weeks, he has a rushing touchdown. If he weren't to get rushing touchdowns in some of those weeks, that's it's it's way on, it's under 20 points. Um, so I, I think that is just them thinking that he's going to have a rushing touchdown. And with kind of a, a banged-up shoulder, especially one that, um, according to him, is extremely painful, um, you know, I think starting Dak is the is definitely the right, the right decision. Uh, but the rest of his team, um, Derrick Henry, I think will have his projections. I'm not sure if Kenneth Walker is going to hit his. I think that's a high number for him. I, I do like Kenneth Walker a lot. 16 points is a lot. Um, And then Travis Etienne, I agree with you on that one, too. I I think this is going to be a very tight matchup, um, one that I think he has to hope that A.J. Brown. um, A.J. Brown cannot get less than 10 points in this matchup, or I think uh, Phil will win. So, um, yeah, I think overall I like the stream play with Dolphins against Houston. Houston has a, a veteran but really bad quarterback in Kyle Allen starting. 
so I mean, big, big, big 15 points by Nick Folk too. So we shall see. But I'm going to take in this matchup. So for people that we're going to peek behind the curtain really quick, we listened back to Phil's interview. And in Phil's interview, he said that he was going to be seven and seven and he was going to sneak into the playoffs. Well, right now he's five and six. Um, and I think he's going to get his sixth win here. I think this this league is going to get even tighter with Phillips winning at six and six, Phil winning at six and six. I beat Steph. Steph drops a six and six. I become six and six. I think we're going to have a lot of six and sixes across the board. God, I sure hope not. As long as I win, I don't care. More about me. Uh, this matchup, I think Foster Moreau is in a prime situation for a zero burger. Just seeing him on a fantasy lineup um, makes does, doesn't make much sense to me. Uh, I don't know why he's already ditching on the Dulich guy when he's when he has him there. He picked him up because I don't know why he likes Foster Moreau. I feel like. There's two people in this league that kind of make off the wall decisions here and there. It's uh, it's Phillips and then it's a Shane. Very there's some always some random starts. I don't get the reasoning behind it. Um, Foster Moreau might be ready for a zero burger, but I don't think it matters. I'm I'm rolling with Derrick Henry, Walker, and Etn. Any chance I can get uh, some good points put up by Phil's team obviously and i know with c higgins you mentioned i i don't know i i'm expecting and i and it's it's football there's hardly ever shutouts but i'm really just expecting tennessee to control that game i i know t higgins can get involved in terms of just how the sheer volume that he gets and there's got to be some catch near the end zone that he may fall into but i just I, i'm expecting big games out of uh all of phillips kind of star players and if i mean if foster moreau can stave off not having a zero burger on his lineup i think it it only will benefit him even more and i think if he even gets close to his projections i don't think i don't think that this is gonna be a blowout i think this is gonna be the highest scoring obviously given the projection total i definitely see phillips hitting 120 this week and i definitely think he's gonna be beating uh phil's team yeah, well, we're going to foreshadow this into our uh, gambling uh, section of the pod, but I'm I'm going to assume that you already like the underdog Tennessee Titans at home against the Bengals. They're underdogs? That they are. Oh, baby. All right, welcome back to Baki's Bets. Uh, 3-0 and last week. 3-0. and um, I believe I had the Commanders. I know I had the Chargers. I don't remember the third team that I had. Um, but we're looking at a new week. And if you want to make money, then listen to Baki's Bets. My three picks this week, one of them I'm going back to the well. And I'm going back to the Washington Commanders at home. Uh, minus four against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Washington Commanders have been very good as of lately. Um, but I will say I think there's one thing that the uh, Falcons are good at, and that at times can be running the ball. Washington's up front, their the, the front seven is too dominant. Uh, I said last week that uh, Chase Young was going to be coming back. He, they let him stay an extra week on the IR, um, and he is going to return this week and play. So I see 
big time stopping uh, the Atlanta Falcons rush defense and Cordero and Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley. I don't think they're going to get going. I don't really like Marcus Mariota as a thrower, and I think he's going to be scrambling a lot of the time against the commanders. Now, on the flip side, their offense, I do think it's very good um, at times, and I think that Heineke and McLaurin have definitely had a connection over the last few weeks. I'm not a fan of Atlanta's uh, secondary, and I do think that this is a game that Gibson and Brian Robinson can have very solid performances. So, Give me the Commanders at minus four at home. Next, um, we have the New Orleans Saints at the 49ers. Now, you might say, oh, Niners at home, easy. Not so fast. I think that the Saints are going to not maybe necessarily keep it close, but I think nine points is a lot. Um, Give me Kamara and some of those other guys, Olave, Jarvis Landry. Those might not be sexy names, but I think nine points is a lot of points against a team that might have a lot of weapons, but I do think the Saints, their season is slipping away, and it's slipping away fast. The Niners have been playing good as of late, but give me the Saints plus nine. Last one is going to be the Packers at the Eagles. We talked about how we think Aaron Rodgers is going to struggle, um, how the Eagles did better last week um, against the ground. And Jonathan Taylor, who they play, had a really good first drive. But after that, didn't really do too much. Um, I don't think the Packers are going to score much. But I do think the Eagles, um, offensively, they've kind of been in a rut. But I think... It's, it's up to minus, minus six and a half or the under. I'm going to take the Eagles to win by a touchdown here. Uh, there might be a little danger of Aaron Rodgers coming in and um, scoring late in the game, a little for the back door to where this bet doesn't hit. But I think the Eagles turn it around against a really struggling Packers team. Four and seven. Um, Aaron Rodgers gets pressured a lot. So I will take the Eagles minus six and a half. So that those three plays, got the Commanders minus four. The Saints plus nine and the Eagles minus six and a half. Now, tr- Jake tried to give away my uh, underdog pick of the week with the Titans Bengals. And oh my God, I love the Titans. And them being home doggies uh, against the Bengals with the banged up Joe Mixon. And uh, we're not having Jamar Chase. It seems like a good, good matchup. And you, you do not want to fade the Titans at this time of the year when they're cooking. But when. When I don't want people telling me what to do. And one one pick that I am loving right now, and I'm looking at the statistics and I'm looking at trends, and it looks like everything's going against me on this pick, but something is telling me... Give me the Raiders that are uh, four-point dogs on the road against the Seahawks. Now, Seahawks, before their game against Tom Brady out in Germany, they were reeling. I mean, they were dominating. They won their last... I believe they won the last three heading into that game. Kind of a stalwart game out in Germany, but Seattle looks good. I'm not gonna not gonna sugarcoat it. One of the better offense Raiders and one of the kind of worst uh defenses. So there's gonna be points of plenty in this matchup. You may want to sprinkle a little bit on the over, but the connection between Derek Carr and Devontae Adams right now is just unparalleled. Uh in a matchup where I'm thinking that these are um, and maybe it's me still thinking that the Seahawks aren't a good team because, but even though they're leading the division that the Rams are in, I'm still not sold on them. I'm still, uh, not, I'm just not sold on them. I'm going to take the best player in this matchup and the best player in this matchup is Devontae Adams. Um, Whoa, what about I feel like this, 
I'm going to take the best player in this matchup named Devontae Adams. I'm also going to take Josh Jacobs in this matchup. I feel like this is going to be a barn burner game, high scoring affair. And the pieces that I want in this matchup, uh, not only in terms of game stats, but in terms of fantasy is going to be uh, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. I feel like they're both going to be able to go off. Ken Walker's in this game too. I feel like that's going to be their big punch here. The more I talk about it, the more I think this is going to be a, a close, a very close game. But give me the Raiders. Minus four on the road against the Seahawks. Plus four. What'd you say? Plus four. Plus four. Yeah!